This is episode 249, Let Go of Guilt for Good with Lynn. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. As always, thank you so much for listening. I have a really touching, moving episode today especially for all you mothers. I know that so many of you mothers deal with mom guilt. After you hear what happened to my caller today, talk about the ultimate in mom guilt. And I know that this is a tough topic to listen to because what we're speaking of in this episode is a mother letting go of the guilt over feeling like she was partially responsible for her son's death. I know it sounds heavy. We get to beautiful, beautiful, beautiful places. So I really encourage you to listen. Our caller, Lynn, today is so brave, so brave to be so vulnerable, to share her story. And she was incredibly receptive to the direction that we went. You may be in for some tears on this one. So be prepared. I just, man, I love the human spirit. I really love the human spirit. This human thing is hard. It's hard sometimes. It is amazing and beautiful and incredible at times. And I know for you, a lot of you listening, it's been hard. It's been hard. It hasn't been the 2020 everybody was predicting at the beginning of the year. This is going to be your decade. This is amazing. 2020. Oh my God. It's like, no, no pandemic, racial injustice, uncertainty, questioning everything, even ourselves. Yet it's also a time of 2020 vision. And I remember when I did my New Year's episode, I was talking about getting 2020 vision. And 2020 vision isn't just about seeing clearly in terms of your goals. 2020 vision is also clarity on what's not working. And so much is being exposed right now. And I just encourage you not to fall into the limiting mindset of the world's falling apart and doomsday the world is always growing and learning and struggling. And we live in a planet where there's contrast and we learn through contrast (laughs) and challenging experiences. Now, let me be clear, there's hard, hard stuff going on. And I know so many of you are having big feelings about it and I want you to feel those big feelings. But as I said in last week's episode, it's okay to feel joy too, joy and love and creativity. And I also encourage you all just to be mindful of the narrative you're buying into. The media is not healthy. It's not healthy. It's not neutral. It's very, very biased. And so just be mindful of the narrative you're you're buying into. And I'm not talking about any specific narrative because <laughs> there's so many narratives that the media is running. Just keep coming back to your own discernment, researching things, talking to people that you really, really trust and not allowing yourself to be programmed because what makes us susceptible to any kind of programming is fear. Fear. It also is what viruses love. They love fear. (laughs) So I know it's scary. 
I know that sometimes you may open your eyes and go, wow, like, is this, when does this end? However, do your best to feel the feelings because fear is a lot of times it's unprocessed anger, sadness, the triggers. But if you can just feel those emotions and when you feel the fear come in and say, okay, fear, there you are. And I know you're just trying to protect me, but right now in this moment, I'm safe. I choose to feel love instead. I choose to feel gratitude instead. If you're having a hard time feeling gratitude, look down at your hands. If you got five fingers, hey, something to be grateful about. All right. So as you're listening to this episode, consider, do you suffer from guilt? Have you done something and you think that you did something terribly wrong and you just can't forgive yourself, even if it's years later? Are you a parent, especially a mother? And it seems like no matter what you do, you never feel like you're doing enough. Did you have a breakup that you never really got over? Specifically, a breakup where you were left for another person. And finally, do you know things spiritually, but have a hard time accepting them on the human level? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Lynn. Lynn, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thank you, Christine. I've been grieving the the death of my son for the past four years, and I've been very present with the grief, um, trying to make sense of this profound loss um, in my life, Mm. to find meaning in his life and death and in our time together. I've reached out for help. I've I've done one-on-one grief counseling. I've done grief groups, both um, secular and religious. I've read tons of books on grief and the grieving process. Um, I've worked with a meditation coach. I've done tapping sessions for Mm -hmm. grief and um, EMDR. Mm -hmm. I find, though, that I'm in this still in this stuck place. And in trying to accept, you know, what is to incorporate this loss in my life story, I feel like I can't seem to forgive myself for aspects of his suffering and his life and his death. And I believe that my spiritual, I feel like I'm processing this all on two different levels, two different planes. Mm -hmm. And my spiritual self, you know, my higher self accepts this as the divine plan that we had a soul contract and he was only supposed to be here and be with me for 30 years. But then my Mm -hmm. earthly mama holds so much guilt Mm -hmm. and regret Mm -hmm. and can't accept. So that I'm trying to reconcile the two. And the longer that I don't, um, the longer that I can't practice self-forgiveness and I can't get past the regret piece, I stay disconnected from him. I have tried to feel his presence and spirit, which I believe that we should be still in, in intense relationship. Mm. And I, and I know that I am blocking that because I feel like I've let him down and I feel, Mm. um, that it didn't help him enough. So first, Lynn, I just want to just extend my my heart and my compassion to you. I don't think there's anything worse than losing a child. So this is in terms of pain, no matter what you may be able to realize spiritually, in terms of human pain, especially for a mother, this is at the top of the charts. So I just want to honor that yeah. first. Thank you, thank you. And... 
what you keep coming back to is the guilt and regret would, and I don't want to have you talk about things that just reopen pain, but it might help me help you. Would you mind sharing what you feel so guilty about? Yeah. So he died. um, He was an addict. He was part of that opioid epidemic. Two years before he died, he was um, a victim of a violent crime. He was robbed on the way to work and beaten so badly that he had a traumatic brain injury and a brain bleed and he had PTSD and started on, it was in a lot of pain. He had surgery, reconstructive surgery on his face. And he's the most beautiful, gentle, loving spirit in the world. It was, it's just shocking um, that he experienced so much violence. But as a result, they put him on a lot of pain meds and he became addicted. And But the last year of his life, he had gotten into recovery. He had um, lived in a facility, but he died from heroin. And that's the first time he'd used in maybe a year. And you know, he died alone in a sober living home in his room. He had his laptop on his bed and was folding laundry. So, I mean, he died with two socks in his hands. Mm-hmm. So that was somebody that was not, you know, wanting to party. That was somebody who was in a tremendous amount of pain mm-hmm. and just wanted relief from that pain. Mm-hmm. So he called me a couple of nights before that, and I didn't call him back. And somebody had spoken with him, um, said that he was really agitated that I didn't call him back. And I was a single mom of three children. I raised him alone, you know, with my girls. Um, So we're really close. And he loved me so much. Nobody loved me more than that that boy. And he loved his sisters and he loved family so much. And I feel like he was hurting. I lived down in Southern California and he was up in um, Portland area. But away from support, he was on eight different medications at the time. And one of them was like kind of an antipsychotic for anxiety. I think he was undertreated actually for his PTSD, but mm-hmm. over-medicated. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had asked more questions. I wish I had um, called him back if he died thinking, you know, that I wasn't there for him. Mm. Um, and I think he just suffered a lot mm-hmm. in his life. Mm-hmm. And he was a beautiful musician and poet um, author, uh, mm. chef. He's he's just a, a, mm. an incredibly beautiful human being, and I I miss him so much. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And, I and so the guilt. If I could have done more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so the guilt is around not calling him back and feeling like you could have done more to help him. I wonder if he wouldn't have gotten that heroin that night if he could have processed things with me, if I could mm-hmm. have helped clear something for him. Mm-hmm. I, and there's a part of me that says, well, that's, that's ridiculous. You can't, I can't change. I mean, hindsight 2020. And, um, but there's another part of me that says, yeah, you should have done more. And maybe what? even like had him come back to, to, to live with me. What, was he an addict before the violent attack? I think he had some bouts with it. I'm starting to understand. Never that I witnessed, but I think in some of the things that I've, you know, discovered mm-hmm. about him, that he struggled mm-hmm. from time to time with, with substances. And what do you think his pain was in his life that he was trying to 
cope with with substances? Well, I think not having his father around mm-hmm. and growing up without a father was a, a deep wound. Um, mm-hmm. what, where was his dad? What happened to his father? Just not at all there, invested, just got a new family kind of thing. And I think it was hard on all of my children, but I think in particular for for Corey, growing up without a dad who cared about him, I think was very painful. Mm-hmm. Were, um, you, were you married to his father? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how many years into your marriage did his father leave and go start a new family? Well, Corey was three. I mm-hmm. had three children under five years old when I became mm-hmm. a single parent and one was a newborn baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were living in Europe at the time and we relocated to Southern California because my family was living here at the time and we wanted to be mm-hmm surrounded by family. But part of the thing about single parenting is that, I mean, they lose both parents because mm-hmm. I had to work and sometimes work two jobs. So I have a lot of my, I know you understand parental mm-hmm. guilt. You mm-hmm. have um, mm-hmm. brought it up in, in many um, coaching sessions and I've always mm-hmm. related to that. So I know, you know, that's a normal part mm-hmm. of any parental experience, mm-hmm. the guilt, but then that mind carries forward yes. Um, yes. to maybe, you know, to being either responsible for his death or yeah. 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 Well, I know I'm not the first person that's told you you're not responsible for his death. I'm sure that many of the people that you've gone to for healing have echoed that, but it doesn't matter what I or anyone else says it it's you're still in an extra layer of pain because of the, the guilt because you feel that way. So just one one more question for you, just for curiosity and just so I can understand. Why didn't you call him back? Oh, okay. That's, um, so he, I called him a couple of nights before he died and he sounded funny. And I went to a place of fear that he was using again. And I know he knew, I said, you sound funny. Have you, are you on anything? Are you using And he, You know, obviously he said, no, it was very defensive. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to hang up now. And then he left me a message the, the next morning saying, mom, I really want to talk to you. Um, I know it sounded funny. I think I'm, I'm having a reaction to some of the medications I'm on and it makes me sound funny, but he really wanted me to know that he hadn't relapsed. And I feel like my own fear and he's the one that needed the, you know, the strength. I mean, I didn't need to coddle myself, but I should have let him talk to me about that. Well, and I just was letting my, my feelings process. And I, I did not know I would never get to talk to him again. Of course you didn't. Of course you didn't. And but we also don't know, Lynn, if he was being honest with you. You know, mother's intuition is pretty good. And if you felt like he was using, he might've been, you know, cause he was in a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And I, to the best of my ability, understand why you feel responsible and why you feel like if you would have called him, it might've changed things, but for whatever reason, and it's something you may never know intellectually in this lifetime, that wasn't the way it was supposed to go. And 
you said you've had a lot of healers, meditation. Have you ever worked with anyone to connect with his soul and see if he has any messages for you? I actually have. (laughs) Funny you ask. Mm -hmm. And every, you know, psychic or medium, um, even a, a guru that I went to who called him into the room and who all these people who have had connect, they tell me the same thing every time the message is always the same. Which is what? That he loves me and he's so sorry. He didn't mean to die that day. So it wasn't, he wasn't committing suicide. So but he loves me and he's, he's so sorry. Hmm. So, and I know, I know who he is. So at soul level, I mean, as in earthly form, he was the most forgiving person. He never held a grudge. Mm-hmm. He never talked bad about people. He is just a big ball of gorgeous love. And so I know on spirit level that he forgives me for the times that I wasn't there in his life all, all along growing up. And I, I know he he has a different perspective now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he sees all and I feel his love and his forgiveness. I guess I just can't forget myself. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Let me ask you this, Lynn. We'll complete this sentence. If I forgive myself, okay. then let's go with the first thing that comes to mind. If I forgive myself, then I feel freedom. I mean, it was a feeling. It wasn't the mm-hmm. word freedom, but a feeling mm-hmm. keep, of freedom just came over mm-hmm. me. And keep going. Keep keep completing the sentence and, and say, so repeat after me and then fill in the blank. If I forgive myself then, and let's just do a couple of these, see what comes up. Then I can, then I'm free to live my life. Mm-hmm. And another one, if I forgive myself then. I'm honoring his life and his death. Mm -hmm. If I forgive myself, then? I'm stuck. Mm. So here's what I, there's a couple things that I want to run by you. First, I'm wondering if there's a part of you that feels like if you forgive yourself, you're betraying him. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It feels like I'm letting him down in right. some way. Right. So as I said, I don't think there's anything harder than losing a child, no matter how old your child is. And to me, this, this guilt is exacerbated by the fact that you've been carrying a lot of guilt since he was three. I think that you have, and, and this is just what I'm picking up on. Um, let me ask you, do you think that there's some unprocessed anger at your ex-husband? Yeah. 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 And do you think that there's probably some guilt that's been building up for years and years and years and years, because you felt like you weren't doing enough as a mom. You felt like you weren't there for your kids as much as you want. And you felt a lot of things that probably kept you from being the mom. You judge yourself as how you should have been. Yes. Yes. Well put. Exactly. 
So my love, I think that this death has magnified guilt that you've been feeling for 30 years. Okay. (laughs) And because you've had such a big loss and such a big traumatic event of your son dying, it's kind of like you've been stuck on, how do I get over the guilt of that? And because there's so much under there, it's like you keep hovering over the most recent traumatic event instead of going back, 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 back to where this all began. Because when, when I tune into you, I feel a young mom, completely overwhelmed, angry, betrayed, scared, and like really doing her best to hold it all together. Does that resonate? Yes. Thank you. But it was like, you're bearing witness. (laughs) That's exactly what it was like. Yeah. Yeah. And in that too, was a woman who loved her children and wanted so badly to be a good mom, but felt like because of that jerk of an ex-husband, she didn't get a chance because she was left with having to raise these kids on her own. Yeah. 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 So it it sounds like there's a, a, a deeper healing about forgiving yourself, like as a mother, just in general, and also allowing yourself to go back and maybe deal with some of that anger that you never got to process. Because whenever we get stuck, like really stuck in emotion, and again, I'm not minimizing the loss of a child. I don't have a child. I've never lost a child. I can't possibly know what that's like. But yet as someone who has been a child and as someone who has loved children in my life, I can't even, and knows mothers, I can't even imagine what that's like. So I'm in no way, shape or form minimizing your loss. I'm more standing with you because what I hear, and you said, you know, if I give, forgive myself, then I feel freedom. I hear that there's a big part of you that wants to be free. I hear that there's a big part of you that doesn't want your connection to your son to be wrought with guilt and shame every day. Cause yeah. that's, that's the way you're keeping him alive inside of you is with guilt yeah. and shame and second guessing yourself and thinking you could have done yeah. better. But my love, I think this limiting belief that you could have done better as a mom started a long, 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 long time ago. I think this is yeah, a, judge, a judgment you've been carrying around for a long time. And there's some deep forgiveness work to do around, you know, the young mom that you, that you were, everything you had to figure out on your own and possibly some anger work at the ex-husband. Why did he leave? Uh, for another woman. <laughs> yeah. So that's a massive wound. I mean, this whole, yeah. I'm not enough started probably in childhood, but was really exacerbated then. I'm not enough. I did something wrong because I can imagine being left for another woman would have you think some of those thoughts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so here you are in this place again, where 
that belief, I didn't do enough and I lost something I love and my life has fallen uh-huh. apart. Here we are again. Yeah. I never, I knew you would find the thread. <laughs> I never connected those two dots. That sounds, mm-hmm. that sounds so true. So it sounds like a part of your healing. And are you in any therapy still? Not at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, if you do decide to get back to it or decide to work with someone, I would encourage you to go back to that young mother, to go back to that woman who was betrayed and like love her, (laughs) help her forgive, help her see that she's not enough because there's, um, there's a lot of, of pain there that you've had to suppress because you had to be a mom. And I feel with your son's death, it's all been activated. And I can also understand with this wounding, why you didn't want to call your son back right away is because I think unconsciously, and again, you've got to tell me if this resonates, okay? Please don't ever let me put ideas in your head. If there, there was this unconscious, well, let me back up. Would you agree that there's been this unconscious or sometimes conscious misunderstanding that you haven't been doing enough as a mom, that you've been failing as a mom that started before he died? Yes. Okay. Can you imagine that when your son who is supposed to be in rehab and clean calls and you think he is on drugs again, is going to activate that wound, that misunderstanding of I've failed as a mom and is going to make you pull back? Yes. Yeah. And also believing that I won't be told the truth. I think that's a pattern yeah, that well, I have with men. And Yep. Yep. So this wasn't yeah. about, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And it started probably with, with dad and then got passed on to ex-husband and was even showing up with your son. So this yeah. wasn't about you failing as a mother or, you know, just because you're a mother doesn't mean that you don't have emotional needs and boundaries. I think that one of the misunderstandings that a lot of mothers buy into is that my child can just be abusive to me because he's my child, he or she. I'll just take it. I'll be the punching bag. And maybe when they're little and they're going through stuff, but as adults, you know, it's okay to have boundaries with your children. So what's coming up for you? Oh, I mean, everything is tingling. My my judge that you have spoken, my spirit, my soul. Mm. I feel like you were there with me mm. through this all. Your tracking is incredibly spot on. Everything that you say, immediately something inside me went, yes, yes. Mm. <laughs> That's it. That's mm. what happened. That's what you were. And I didn't have the the awareness or the language for it back then. Mm-hmm. And I, everything you've said is just unbelievably uh, truth, the truth and speaking to me on soul level mm-hmm. and accurate. Well, you were ready, you know, there's a part of you that wants to be free of this guilt because you know, <sighs> you know, deep down, you know, this was not your fault, Lynn. 
His death was not your fault. It wasn't. And I know sometimes your mind will try to convince you that it was. Yeah. Uh, but let me ask you this. Do you feel deeply that your kids know, all three of them, that you love them? Yes. Do you feel like yeah. you gave it, your children an environment to feel safe? I tried and, and sometimes I did and sometimes I failed. Mm, how did you fail? Times where they felt like it was always this frenetic pace because I had to get to work and drop three kids off to school and there's you know, different schools and, you know, pack lunches and all the, you know, the chores of daily living overwhelmed. So sometimes they wanted to just sit and be, and I was like, we have to walk faster and move faster. We mm -hmm. have to get this done. <laughs> well, so they share with me the trauma. <laughs> of that. Yeah. Well, the trauma of being a single mom and having no support, but let me rephrase the question. Do you think that your kids ever felt like they weren't going to be loved, like their life wasn't safe, like if they went to you and needed your attention, you would deny them that you'd ever leave? No. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. I was fierce in my, my love mm -hmm. for my children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't feel that, you know, myself growing up loved and wanted. And so I, you know, made it a an everyday experience that they always knew that they were loved and wanted and yeah, and well, brought me joy. Yeah. And he knew that your son knew that he just had his own journey and his own pain and his own life curriculum well, to go through. And maybe part of the reason he picked you is because he'd know you'd eventually find a way to forgive yourself. Oh, well, that's beautiful. So that his soul can be free of that burden. Wow. Wow. Because I have a feeling he doesn't want you to feel guilty. I know that too. I know this doesn't honor his life or his death the way mm -hmm. I am feeling and processing mm -hmm. it too. And, and sometimes that's more motivator as a mom you know, you can do it for them, right. you know, so if this isn't honoring him, <laughs> yeah. then I can find a way to stop as opposed to, you know, how it affects me. But right. I know he would want me to grow and prosper, to have a, um, a big life, to be engaged in life because he was, yeah. you know, he was a student of life and loved learning and meeting people and philosophy and conversations and travel and I know he wants me to have that excitement um, yeah. about life. Um, and I know that he wouldn't want the price of our relationship, our love, to be that I, he dies and I never live again yeah. as well. So there's you know, two really things going on with his death. There's the grief of your son, like the, the, which is a pain that... I don't know, quite honestly, will ever go away. Okay. Everything you're doing with grief counseling and everything is, is beautifully helpful, but there will probably always be a place in your heart where you feel that. And yeah. that's, that's just, that's just being a mother and being a human. Yeah. And, but you can, you can live with that. You can live with that and keep his memory alive with love versus pain. Yeah. From my perspective, the thing that's been keeping you in the pain 
is this old, old, old guilt and betrayal that you haven't quite dealt with because you were too busy being a mom. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I'm getting to tell you, is there a man in your life now? Yes. Mm -hmm. Tell me about him. So I'm married and Corey died 10 months into my new marriage. And he has a difficult time with emotions. And he lost his father when he was a teenager. And I think my grieving was really difficult for him. So I actually moved out of the house. So Mm -hmm. we weren't, I guess we were married maybe a year at the time that I moved out and moved in with my sister so that I could kind of just grieve without worrying about other people. Mm-hmm. His son, uh, I moved into the house with um, his two boys and, um, you know, grown mm-hmm. men in their early 20s. And one was engaged and planning his wedding. And I was planning my son's funeral. Mm-hmm. And his son and fiance would, you know, be there all the time planning their uh, wedding. And I didn't want to rain on their parade, but I did not want to hide my grief. I couldn't. And it was, I, you had to scrape me off the floor. So I felt like I did that for their family. And also I have a, you know, a loving big sister. She's seven years older than me. And um, she welcomed me into Mm -hmm. her apartment and um, And just gave me the space to feel sad. Mm -hmm. Well, now we've, we've come back together. We're, you know, we live together, my husband and I, but it's not a supportive kind of environment. And he definitely values the grieving process that you are stoic or so, you know, he said one thing that he really admired about his mom when she lost her husband, he lost his father, that his mom never cried and never showed any emotion. They never talked about it. Mm. And Mm. I have a different need. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I wanted support from my, my partner, but I realized he's just not there. He's not capable of going to those places. So that's why I went for grief counseling and the grief group so that I could be free to you know, talk about it. And he's also very Christian. So I don't share with him like that. I went to a psychic mm-hmm. or a medium, you know, that's something that he would think was really, you know, mm-hmm. dangerous maybe. Mm-hmm. But I I wanted to understand the full expression of of grief. And Mm -hmm. if there was anything that I needed to know through, you know, my own discoveries or through reading or through, you know, a spiritual journey, I I was willing to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted the full expression. I, I can handle emotion. I just, I'm stuck. I know that, but, um, I was willing to look at it from every different angle, but I, I really don't have a supportive partner. I do all of this in secret or I smile when he's around, but then, you know, we yeah. cry on the way to work or yeah. <laughs> that takes up time. Well, so that doesn't surprise me given the unresolved wounding that we talked about. So there's, there's a part of you that because you were left for another woman, your self-worth probably went way down when it came to love. And, yeah. you know, I have a feeling that you might have attracted someone that didn't fully see you because it didn't really feel safe to be seen. So Uh, what I would say, the message that keeps coming in is to open your heart again, to open your heart again, that it's safe to love, 
and it's safe to open your heart. And that starts with you. That starts with you. And see what unfolds as you start to do that and give yourself permission to be happy again. And get your needs met, whatever that looks like. Because you don't have to live a life of suffering because you think that you, because of these misunderstandings you have about your son's death or about how you've been as a mother. You don't have to keep unconsciously punishing yourself by creating suffering in your life. Ooh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) That sounded right. Yeah. 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 And I would encourage Lynn. Um, I love that you are a real advocate for yourself and get help. I would encourage you to, to find a, a guide, someone that can really stand with you as you process some of the stuff from your early adulthood and early motherhood. So you can start letting go of the guilt and the shame and the self-beat and the feeling of feeling like a failure and like you aren't doing enough that has been plaguing you for, you know, over three decades. Wow. Okay. Okay. And I just want to acknowledge you as a mother. I want to acknowledge the fact that you raised three beans completely on your own. (laughs) I want to acknowledge how, how much you gave to mothering, how much you gave to each of those children and how much you love them. Thank you, Christine. Yeah. And like I said, there will probably always be that twinge in your heart, you know, that pain in your heart. And it's okay for you to be happy again. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for everything you shared with me. It's my pleasure. Thank you again, Lynn, for just your vulnerability and courageousness. I know that everybody listening was so moved by that call. There was so much that I talked about in the call. It was a little bit longer, so not too much to break down here. One of the reasons that I went the direction that I did with Lynn is because she shared that she was just feeling stuck, that she'd done a lot. She'd done the grief work. She'd been to therapy. She had communicated through mediums to her son. So she'd done the spiritual work. So that's why I didn't go too deep into the grief or too deep into the spiritual relationship with her son or anything like that, because it felt like she had done a lot of that. What I really wanted to help her with was why she felt stuck, because she's been in this loop for four years of both the grief and the guilt. Grief is bad enough. Grief is hard. Adding guilt to it, oof, oof. So she was processing the grief as best she could. And like I said to Lynn, when we lose someone, especially a child, I don't know that that pain ever goes away. However, going through the grief process helps to heal it. It helps you to be able to move on. But she wasn't able to move on because she was so stuck in the guilt. And so what I explored with her was going back to the origin. This guilt isn't new. It just got heightened by her son's death. We went back and started talking about her ex-husband and being left for another woman and all the guilt and shame that came up with that. And she never had time to process that. She was raising three small children. So she's just been 
living with that and living with this belief system and all just kind of came to an even bigger head when her amazing son passed away. And so my encouragement to her was to go back and deal with some of that pain. Because when we have a big trauma, like the passing of someone, we can think that we're only upset about that, especially when it's something so big, like losing your child. However, most traumas, most big massive expectation hangovers, most losses trigger previous things that made us feel in similar ways. So that's why she was kind of stuck in this loop that she couldn't get out of in terms of the guilt cycle. She isn't able to really process through her grief because she keeps getting stuck in guilt. And I know Lynn will follow through. I know that she'll go back and work with that so that she can really free herself because that's what she said she wanted. You know, she wanted to feel free, to be able to love her son, to mourn her son, but free from this guilt. And the reason I asked her about her current relationship is because I felt like that was another stuck area. I felt a male energy that, you know, I wasn't quite sure about. And you could tell from the way she described it, because she had such probably low self-worth and was still perceiving herself in some ways as the woman who got left for another woman, she's drawn in a man that doesn't really see her, you know, and hasn't really been there for her. So I don't know, perhaps part of her healing process will bring them closer or perhaps part of her healing process will be like, you know what? I really deserve, I deserve to open my heart again. I deserve love. And I know that whatever and it's in Lynn's highest good will happen. Now, I wanted to just address briefly the guilt she had about not calling him back that night because I know that was a really, really big one for her. And as we started to explore it, when she talked to him before, she felt like he was using again, which is soul crushing for her on so many levels. One, she's worried about him. And two, she goes into beating herself up as a mom and feeling like a failure again. So it wasn't like she wasn't calling him back because she was being selfish or petty or she was busy shopping. She needed a boundary. And this is such a tough one for mothers and fathers, but especially mothers. Your kids, especially your grown kids, it's okay to have boundaries with them and to say, you know what, like I, I can't call her him right back right now. I'm too triggered. I'm too triggered. And so there was probably a part of her that was afraid that her own trigger would bring him down. So, and we never know. We don't know that if she called him, that he'd still be alive. His soul was on his journey. He had his own destiny. And Lynn, if you're listening, I really encourage you to let go of the misunderstanding that if you had called him, you could have saved him because we really don't know if that would be true or not. You might actually be in the same exact place because you did call him, but you didn't say the right things. Or what if you called him and then you had an altercation and then you'd be blaming yourself for that? Bottom line, got to move out of the blame. And I say that to all of you. You know, something happened to me this week where someone really pointed a finger at me and blamed me for something that I just, I didn't feel responsible for. But because the blame was so hard, I went so into guilt, so into guilt, and even tried to convince myself that I was somehow responsible, even though I knew I wasn't. And that's what we do to ourselves. We blame ourselves so much 
And we just become this judge and jury that just crucifies us. And then, woof, the guilt. We can't get out of the thick soup of guilt. So some takeaways for you. I just encourage you, if you're feeling guilty about something, do some journaling. What does this remind me of? Like, what's the, what's the deeper issue here? You know, what is this bringing up from my past that I need to forgive myself for? And then forgive yourself. You got to forgive yourself for buying into any judgments against yourself. Truly. Also, for the mothers out there, especially if you have adult children, but even with smaller children, what are your boundaries with your children? Because remember, you're teaching them 24-7. And if you allow them to walk all over you, and I don't think Lynn's son was doing that, but I'm just giving an example that I've seen from mothers. You allow them to push your buttons, walk all over you, their way or the highway. That's not teaching them boundaries. And I just want you to know that you're a mother and you're a human being. And it's okay to have boundaries. I think I'll bring my friend, Terry Cole, back on the podcast. She was on several years ago, but she's the boundary queen. (laughs) And we'll have a good conversation about boundaries because I know that's hard for a lot of you, not only mothers, but with friends, with relationships, with colleagues, all those kinds of things. So stay tuned for that. All right, everybody, take good care of yourself. Self-care is so important right now. So amp it up, amp it up. I know so many of you feel called to to act, to make changes in the world, but you're not going to be effective in the long run if you're burnt out. This is a marathon that we're in, not a sprint. So take care of yourself. Sending you lots of love and many blessings. Till next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.